Dead men tell no tales. Fifteen men loaded in man's chest. Yo, ho, ho, and a bottle of rum. Drink and the devil had done for the rest. Yo, ho, ho, and a bottle of rum. What will we do with the drunken sailor? What will we do with the drunken sailor? What will we do with the drunken sailor? The ship with black sails that's crewed by the damned. Welcome aboard the Black Pearl. Welcome to the Black Pearl Show, a Pirates of the Caribbean Minute podcast where we analyze, scrutinize, and plunder Pirates of the Caribbean films one blimey minute at a time. I'm Scott Artis from scottartis.com. And I'm Heather Artis from blackpearlminute.com. Thanks for joining us for Minute 61 of Dead Man's Chest. Just to throw this out there, I back the barge. We'll just call it good. It's like an Easter egg. How many so people out there do you think know about that? I don't know. What, that, what you're talking about. Star Wars fans. Star Wars collector fans. So now we're even narrowing the niche even more. Yeah. But do you have anything, or do you just want to jump into this blimey beast of a minute? We'll just jump in. Okay. Did I already say thanks for joining us for minute 61 of Dead Man's Chest? I think you did. Well, that's for everybody who's like me and not paying attention to their own show. Yeah, they're all, oh, deja vu. They're driving. They're thinking, oh my God, what happened? No, probably repeated it. In the previous minute, Captain Salazar's fishy friend parallels magically appear on the scuttled ship. Orlando Bloom forgets which blockbuster he's currently working on, channels a less proficient fighting Legolas, and attempts to wield the flaming sword of the Witch King, thanks to Return of the King, and ends up on his knees at the behest of the Flying Dutchman crew. Fishy Minute 61 begins with the yet-to-be-revealed Davy Jones walking towards the captured men and Will Turner. First mate Makus informs Davy Jones, five men still alive. The rest have moved on. Jones continues to walk towards the frightened, kneeling sailors. The minute ends with Jones staring at a trembling chaplain, the cross shaking in his hands. Jones grabs him by the neck with his claw. Makus, Macus, I don't know what's going on there with that name. I like it, Macus. maybe. Macus. Hey, Mac. Yeah. For short. Yeah. Call him Mac. Mako Shark. Makus. Yeah, but he's not a Mako shark, is he? I mean, he's a hammerhead. Oh, hammerhead's a Mako? No, they're different. He's a hammerhead. I was answering your yeah. question. What do you mean? Yeah. So I he's was not a Mako question. shark. He's a hammerhead shark. No, but it's there. He's actually a hammerhead lobster back. That's true. <laughs> lobster back. I mean, we get our first introduction to Davy Jones and his crew in this minute. At least the first real good look at a few of them. And what I really like about this minute is the dialogue. Not shark man, shark bait. What was shark bait in, actually, now that I think about that? Shark bait. Finding, Finding Nemo? Nemo? Finding Nemo. I knew I knew what I was shark talking bait. about. <laughs> the first bit we get is from Macus. Macus. Heather likes Macus. We'll go Macus. He's the hammerhead shark dude, as she called him, with the lobster back. You know what? Uh, I don't know, lobster back. It almost sounds derogatory. No. It's like, or maybe it's like an insult. How dare you, lobster back? Hey, you lobster back, get away from that. See? I don't know. Just sounds like it to me. I'm going to start calling you lobster back. I don't think you will. I, I don't think like I will. That. All the more reason to call you lobster back. <laughs> yeah, well, I walked into that one. Maccus tells Davy Jones that the rest of the scuttled ship's crew have moved on. 
And this is why I like the dialogue. It's getting back to that first like observation I had. Because it completely plays into this character, or more specifically, the legend of Davy Jones and the Flying Dutchman and the crew that we talked about in the last few minutes. Because it's the idea that they usher the dead. They're taking the dead to the to the happy place. Happy place? No, the good place. The bad place. Because he doesn't say they died. He comes at it from his point of view, and that's what's great about it. They've already moved on. I mean, it fits so well with what they actually do to those poor sailor souls they meet. And in a way, it's like strange because they're like these hardened sailor fighting encrusted crustacean-like people. Yeah, but they're trusted with people's souls. That's true. He's a hammerhead so, so shark. So you have to have too. some cooth. Cooth, but he's a hammerhead shark, though. So? For crying out loud. It's not his fault he's a hammerhead That's shark. That's true. And instead of being then blunt, though, what I'm saying is, is he uses a bit of poetry to soften the blow in terms of the audience. Because I don't think you expect him to be like that. I expect more like, they're dead, Captain. Oh. No? Maybe. It's a shark guy. Yeah, maybe. Just to be blunt about it. I mean, in his world, that's what they actually do. So I think it works well. It's wonderfully written. And it, well, even if it's a short line. I mean, it's not like they went all out here. It's just a real quick tidbit. Well, they're not telling a story. That's right. He's not exposition gives, for God's sake. Exactly. Maccus himself, well, he's the Dutchman's first mate. He's 6'5", 217 pounds. I could eyeball that. That's how I know that. <laughs> what? That's my one of my uncanny abilities. Yeah. I'm like an X-Men. Yeah. Could just eyeball it. And I go, you know what? That guy's 6'5", 217 pounds. Uh-huh. He gets a little extra weight because of his fish head. He prefers an axe and a cutlass as his weapon of choice, too. Oh, really? I eyeballed that as well. I see. That's more easy to determine, though. Yes. Maccus's body was covered in coral, barnacles, and starfish, and his left forearm and hand were encased in a lobster shell gauntlet. So was that the weight, or is that extra weight on top of what he weighs? That's a good question. It's extra weight. Several pairs of lobster legs grew out of his back, along with his left arm. So that's they why... They move independently of... That they do. I wonder if he controls that, or if they just start to move on their own. It's a good question. I don't think he's controlling that. Because why would you just wiggle that around right then? Intimidation. He's intimidating Davy Jones? No, the, That's flat the out people rude. on their knees. That's true. You don't think the whole uh, hammerhead shark head thing, those gross shark... Extra intimidation. Extra intimidation, yeah. You know, I was okay with this whole thing with Maccus until I saw the freaking lobster on his back. <laughs> that scared the she-eyed out of me. At least he has a nose. Okay. I don't know what that means. You'll know. All I know is that the guys were okay with things until they saw crustaceans on them. And then they got weirded out and scared. But just a normal shark guy, they're okay with that. <laughs> We've seen it a dozen times. <laughs> they As, don't seem much okay with the scene. Uh, no, they don't. As with other members... And I have something to say about that too later oh, on. Oh, really? Yeah, I do. And as with other members of the Jones crew, over time, Maccus took on characteristics of the sea flora and fauna. And during his painful mutation, because they described this as painful. Oh, really? Yeah. His left eye migrated from its socket over to the left side of the extended hammerhead. I didn't notice that. You don't quite see it in that first part, but it does migrate. Oh. It's not like you see the migration. I mean, it's not like you're sitting there going, holy Jesus, his eye just moved around his head. Because <laughs> the last thing you want is your eye migrating. That won't be good. I should be in a fixed position. That's my stance yeah. on eyeball position. I shouldn't migrate. You can't have them wandering all over your face. No. It's not a good thing. 
I'm just going to say it out How's there. Is that even possible? If you have a literal wandering eye, go see a doctor. Maybe a witch doctor. <laughs> if it's just wandering about your face. That'd be weird. That'd well, be it, awesome. Actually, that'd be kind of awesome if you could actually physically move your eye around your face. No, that wouldn't be awesome. No? <laughs> no. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> oh. That's your cool. X-Men superhero power that you'd want. You of all the superpowers everywhere. you'd go, you know, I'd really like my eye to be able to move around my body. Maybe, no, I didn't get the say that, yeah, but you I did. thought it was kind of cool. And I take it as more of like like a flounder. You know, they start off when they're young, they look like a regular fish, and then everything kind of turns and twists and mm. we'll just say migrates for our show purposes migrates. here. Until the other eye moves on top and yeah, and then it turns yeah, into a weird, weird thing. Yeah, it's a crazy evolutionary thing there. The name Maccus means clown buffoon in Latin. Really? Yeah, it's strange, right? I don't see him much of a clown buffoon. And I would never say it to his face. He'd bite me. <laughs> That's true. He's got a normal mouth, too, though, right? Not like shark mouth. He had shark teeth. Oh. What's more important, the actual mouth or the teeth? I'm going teeth. The, yeah, the teeth. Yeah. Not that it matters, because if he had a really big jaw with people teeth in it, you wouldn't want that chomping down on you either. It'd be like no. horse teeth. They're just like big, huge people teeth. They're not good. <laughs> Maccus was portrayed by Dermot Keeney, by the way. He's been doing the movie and TV thing since 1994, according to IMDb. Gathering more than 50 credits on his resume, actually. Really? Yeah. Notable parts include Garrod in Game of Thrones. Of course, he makes a return appearance in At World's End and was in the 1999 adaption of Treasure Island, pirate-related. I know you tried to do a relation. That's all the relation I could pull out of. This is actually how you do it. You know, Boom. there was no other relation in is. there. A thief. Yeah, that's right. Thief. <laughs> hey, pirate, thief. Hey, go together. In some weird way of yours. Since we're talking about the crew and actors, and I don't want to go without mentioning the other scuttled ship crewmen we have, or that were credited here, because we have the chaplain. He was portrayed by Simon Meacock. Simon's been steadily acting since 1996, as far as IMDb is concerned. Lots of one-off TV appearances, but nothing much of note as far as I'm concerned. Not that he's not making the rounds and keeping busy. I'll acknowledge that. I was just hoping for a list of blockbusters, or better yet, maybe some crazy character names to create a list. But sadly, no. I'm left in the dust. Like, oh, he played Bill? Well, that just really shines my list. Speaking of list, I have a list today. Arr! Really? I thought we were on chap. You have a list? Well, we'll- no, you can't have a list. First of all, that's I have my a list. Thing. No, the lists are my thing. Seriously. <laughs> I have a there list. There are no lists but my mine. favorite Bull, things. you get the hell out of here with that. <laughs> well, you ain't getting a theme song. I don't even have a theme song yet. <laughs> and you're coming up with a list of your favorite things? Yeah. This is my thing. I have a list of my favorite things in this minute. I don't even know if I have the strength or the willpower now to carry on with Chaplin after hearing that oh, bitter news. let's finish up with Chaplin. I mean, he's doing his part as far as I'm concerned. Because I like to say as far as I'm concerned now because I'm just irritated at your list thing. It's really throwing me off now. Because oh, I don't even you. have a list in this minute. I do. He's trying to keep the remaining crew strong. Saving their immortal souls. All that good stuff. But don't be tempted by Davy Jones and his offer. That's what he's saying to everybody. Stay strong. A clear good versus evil scenario straight from the Bible and other religious or mythologies and all that other stuff across history. Because Jones' line here as he plays the Mephistopheles-like character, the serpent, we'll just call him a serpent. Okay. 
Which is fitting considering his tentacles. Squirrely, squirmies. Kind of, okay. In a weird way. If you can connect pirate and thief from your weirdness, I'll connect uh, serpents and His tentacles. tentacles don't make me think of a serpent. Makes me think of Medusa's hair on his beard. Really? You think? It's like on his beard. He's got a tentacle beard. He'd go well with Medusa with the snake hair. They could be friends. Maybe. Do you fear death? Because that's what he says. He actually says, do you fear death? Do you fear the dark abyss? All your deeds laid bare. All your sins punished. I can offer you an escape. It's not a bad deal. But man, it's like the biblical, the mythological undertones. They're like as heavy as hell here. Pardon my own thing there. Poetic, tempting, offering the sailor a way out with a price. It's that ultimate decision and he's approaching it with that calm demeanor. Yet he's also like playing that bastard evil card known as, let me blow a little smoke in your face. What the hell? Damn you, Davy Jones. (laughs) He didn't quite blow it. Really? He did. Not quite. He just talked and it came out in the guy's face. Oh, that makes it less rude? And blow it. That makes it less rude. How can I answer... Or think about anything when I'm choking on your smoke. I have no clue. That's just crazy, though. What's wet tobacco taste like? Smell like? I don't know. How do you light wet tobacco? It's a good question. He's magical. I mean, the guy has an octopus head. That's some supernatural stuff here. Maybe one of his abilities is to, whenever he has tobacco in his hand, it's immediately dry. TV Tropes recognizes this blowing smoke action as having populated. Everything from movies to cartoons. I mean, we know that. They say one character blows a cigar or cigarette smoke in another character's face as an expression of defiance, dominance, or just plain jerk assery. That's actually what they said. It's just jerk assery. (laughs) You know what? You're right. That is jerk like. But I like jerk assery. I didn't know that was a real official word. Neither did I. Not sure that it is. Maybe that is the title of the episode. Jerk assery? Yeah, it might have to be. And the person on the receiving end may react, and this is how they identify it, may react in a number of ways from stoically putting up with it to casually wafting it away to breaking into a racking fit of coughing. And in cartoons, the cloud of smoke may dissipate to reveal an ash face. (laughs) Ash face is also another good title for the episode. And then a subtrope, which is interesting for us, is the idea of good smoking and evil smoking is what they got into. Really? Yeah. This behavior with the Davy Jones smoke blowing incident will generally be an indicator of an evil smoker. And maybe maybe that's the better title. Maybe we're all, all just going to sit here and go through titles all day. Aren't all smokers evil? Walk the plank. Why would you alienate our audience? How dare you? How do you know our audience are smokers? I can I can sense it. Really? You just made them sigh. Why would they be evil, though? I guess they're smoking. Well... <laughs> That's just rude. And that's not my opinion. I embrace all listeners. Heather, on the other hand, obviously, she has a touch of evil. Maybe. I don't even know what to say to that. Why would you (laughs) even bring that up? I don't know. That's just weird. I mean, Davy doesn't actually do the evil deed to the chaplain. Ah! We're still on Davy Jones and a smoke blowing. Okay. And by evil deed, I don't don't mean smoke blowing. I mean (laughs) dying kind of thing. Because it's Greenbeard. You know, Greenbeard. I told Gandalf I would keep you safe and safe <laughs> is where I'll keep you. <laughs> that's was, tree, oh, that's that, Treebeard. Oh, that's Treebeard. Wrong movie then. Yeah. I got those confused. I was like, wow, what a crossover. Legolas and then Treebeard. Okay. Greenbeard is the navigator aboard the Flying Dutchman. 
He was portrayed by Jason Kakabian. Or Kakabian. I don't know. You should say Cake. Kakabian. Let's just go with that. Jason has a handful of movie appearances, according to IMDb. It's our go-to source for people's resumes. Things here and there since 2000, basically. How tall and... I didn't get that. I forgot to eyeball that. How much does he weigh? I forgot to completely eyeball that. I was so ridiculous. thinking like, I can't believe he got out of Middle Earth and is now aboard the Dutchman. But <laughs> I completely forgot that. He's a member of the famous Magic Castle, actually, in Hollywood, California. That's the place that Neil Patrick Harris is part of, I think, right? Doogie Hauser. Yeah. Yeah. And our friend Greenbeard, Jason, his real name. It was the opening act for actor Jeff Goldblum's jazz band with his magic show, Lords of Illusion. Oh, really? Yeah. Treebeard, Lords of Illusion. Starting to Greenbeard. Oh, Greenbeard. Anyways, back to Greenbeard. Despite his name, he has no visible beard to speak of, though he did have a lattice of green seaweed strewn all over his body. His head was conical with crusty coral-like green flesh and a pair of round yellow eyes sunk into slit-shaped sockets. Sexy. Yeah. Slit-shaped sockets. Say that five times in a row. <laughs> Greenbeard also has muscles for teeth. Kind of goes with that clam tongue guy you were talking about the mm. other day. I When you said muscles, I was thinking muscles. See, you're so out of the picture here. You don't even know what's going on. According to the Pirates Wikia, as he had become very plant-like, he did not need to eat or sleep. Additionally, he seems to have had a moderate case of Tourette syndrome, causing his head to twitch involuntarily from one side to the other. Do it the no sleep thing. Yeah. Just get my... No eat, no sleep. Because of the chlorophyll he's producing. Kelp, seaweed, that stuff grows incredibly fast. Out in the sun, he's just Is soaking he underwater it up. most of the time? Arr! Oh, that's right. Seaweed grows on top of land he said in the out water. In the sun. He's out in the sun. He's not like sunbathing. You're right. Hello. All kelp and seaweed grows on top of the water. In the sun. You said in the sun. In the sun, yeah. In the lit up sun under the water, of course. Well, you didn't say that. I'm not sure you grasp the concept of seaweed here. (laughs) It's not floating weed. It's not land weed. I see it floating, by the way. Okay, it does float when When it comes dislodged. When the otters wrap themselves up in it. It comes dislodged, but a lot of that kelp that the otters do, it's actually attached to. Okay, then. It's just very long. This stuff grows can grow up to a foot a day, really? if I recall correctly. Yes. If you recall correctly. And I'm pretty sure I do. It may even grow faster than that if it has proper light conditions. Yeah. That's amazing stuff there. That's why this guy will be as tall as Treebeard here in the next <laughs> shot. In the next shot, this guy will be towering. He's just towering. He's getting a lot of signs. That he is. Because I'm still trying to avoid your list because it irritates me. I find it rude. Yeah, I... I'm willing to bury the Davy Jones lead that we are talking about, and Treebeard, Greenbeard, and Maccus. And I want to dive into that. Okay, we'll dive into the Davy Jones thing in the next minute. We'll introduce ourselves to him officially. But I do have to talk about another character here. Not intro stuff or behind the scenes. It's about directing choices. It's Gore Verbinski and made some choices in this minute that I actually have a problem with. Really? Yeah. It's something that struck me as being out of character for Will Turner. Gore had him tremble while he was on his knees and is being looked over by Davy Jones. Does that seem like Will Turner to you? A shaking Will Turner? I expected to see Will as like a Stonewall Jackson here. The other sailors are frightened, but he's standing strong. What do you think? Am I off base with this? Well, at first I thought he was shaking in terror like the others were. But this makes me wonder why he would be shaking. You know? Exactly. 
then after watching it a few times, I'm actually thinking that he's maybe a bit out of breath from fighting or, you know, maybe a bit cold because they look extremely cold there. They're all wet. It's raining. Maybe. Maybe he's cold. that's he's it. Not sh- he's not shaking as much as the others. He's not no. trembling like the others. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's the cold. He was knocked unconscious. Or maybe it's the stench that's making him a quiver. It's possible. He did cut open that guy and all those dead fish fell yeah, out. Yeah, but doesn't Davy Jones and his crew smell like a thousand dead people or something like that? Uh, that's the terrible beastie. Again, it'd help if you opened your eyes while you watched the movie. <laughs> I'm sure the terrible beastie is right there somewhere. I don't know what happens to the Kraken at this point. It's probably hanging out. It's not right there, though. I think once it's done its job, it goes back Maybe it's to be waiting though. to be summoned again. So anyway, I don't think... He's not shaking as bad as the others. I'm thinking he may be cold. He was just knocked out, you know. I'm thinking it's more of the cold rather than fright. I mean, I don't know. It just seems... Okay, if it's cold, I get it. Kind of. Okay, I get it if it's cold. It just seems like Will has been through like quite a bit and he didn't show fear before if indeed this is actual fear and not cold. He's battled Barbosa and the skeleton crew. They were just as formidable and disturbing as these guys. He just doesn't strike me as being that person that would tremble. So maybe that is the reason why we got to say it's because he's cold or yeah. something. Or maybe not like trembling like the other guys are. No. I mean, they're flat out the... The cross right there, the, um, I can't ever remember what I know. it's called. Yeah, I'm not going to let you stew in that. It's bouncing and, and everything because he's trembling over there. And all the other guys are trembling, yet he is not like that anywhere near that. Maybe that's the genius of it, though, if Will is actually shaking a little bit. Because we expect our hero to stand strong. Yeah. Like I'm doing right now, expecting him to be stoic. Right. With Will shaking at the sight of Davy Jones, maybe that brings him down to earth, though. He's just a normal guy, a blacksmith, and although he has courage and is brave, he's still just a man and an elf. Yeah, but why would he be shaking because of Davy Jones and his crew? I mean, like you said, he battled a skeleton crew. Yeah, but that might bolster the street cred of Davy Jones. Even he frightens Will Turner. Hmm. Maybe I'm looking at it wrong. But he didn't know who he was before. I know, but maybe the presence of him. He said maybe. he heard about him, but he didn't know much is kind of yeah. what it was. Still, it stood out like a toe necklace to me when I saw this scene. First thing that caught my attention. That's why I mentioned it. So cold, m- probable then. Maybe that's more likely. Yeah. The saying that just rubs me the wrong way if he's actually shaking he's there. cold. Unless they're trying to build up Davy Jones to be really frightening. No, I think he's cold because he's not quivering like everyone else. And speaking of quivering, that is me waiting for your list of favorite things. My list of favorite things. Do we have a song? No, we don't have a song. If you think I'm actually making a song for your list before I even had mine, get out of here. That's a little rude. These are a few of my favorite things. Okay, I love Hammerhead's Lobster Back. I love the way it moves. And it makes little crackly noises like a lobster would underwater. Thanks for making those crackling noises here. Welcome. So that's my first one. Okay. My second one. It's a neat detail. I'll give you that. It is. That they added that and then it moved. It's awesome. Okay. I give it to you. My second one. Another moving detail. What? Is when you see Davy Jones 
the back of his head as he's approaching the men. His tentacles in the back of his head are moving. They're just kind of each into each tentacle is kind of moving independently on the back of his head. Okay. I'll give you that. That's pretty cool. They show the detail. Yes. We'll have to get into the special effects at some other time, but yeah. I figured there's so much time left. Because, mind you, we're 61 minutes into this movie, and we're just now getting a look at David our Jones. villain. Yep. So my next one is the threat of the claw. We get a whole picture, a whole, you know. Wasn't they, that a Jim Carrey movie? The claw. The, no, it's it's in a movie. They the, no, I think it's, it's Jim, Carrey. Jim Carrey. Yes, I think it is. I think it's that liar, liar, or whatever it was when he couldn't lie, and, and he would do the the claw hand thing to the kid. It was like a joke or a play he would thing. Tickle the kid with yeah, the okay. claw hand. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. I think I know what I'm talking about. Whatever. So the claw, they they show it like they full screen the sucker, and then he clamps down on it. Yeah, that's know. not good. And it also what makes is a with crack- the sound effect. It also makes that cracking noise. People are going, oh, there's something wrong with the feed. No. The airwaves are crackly. Got a lot of white noise. And Davy Jones has, when he speaks, he sounds like he's all stuffed up because he doesn't have a nose. Yep. That's good. It's a nice touch. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. And then the way Davy Jones blows out the flame with smoke from one of his tentacles. It's actually... No, it's like his blow... It's his siphon, actually. So smoke comes out and blows out the fan... The flame from the siphon. Yep, that's a good touch. Yeah. I do like that. Yeah. And then the little growl he makes when he's talking. What the hell is with the sound effects? <laughs> is your list about sound effects? Did you just want to do a bunch of sound effects so you came up with a list to match your sound effects? No. Okay, I'm starting Some to Some of think- these don't have sound effects. Okay. Some. Not only am I angered that you have a list because you sidelined me, that's my thing. Your list is actually bigger than mine. Arr! I don't know if I've ever had a list this long. <laughs> Two more. Uh, the way the moonlight, they've actually used the moonlight to lighten everybody's, you know, to as lighting for the scene. And lights up Davy Jones and the guy he's talking to. They're, both their faces are lit up by moonlight. Yeah, it's interesting because in the last couple of minutes, it's been the amber mm-hmm. from the lamps. And Amber now lamps. it's the and now it's the moonlight because he he has the the flame at first that lights them both up and then he blows out the flame and then you can see it's just moonlight. I thought that was a pretty cool touch. It's very like natural. It well. It's a very natural exactly. touch. Exactly. Natural light. And natural last natural moonlight. Yes, natural moonlight. And my last one reflected sunlight. Okay, go ahead. Is when Davy Jones goes to the chaplain, he actually sniffs another sound effect and and kind of crinkles his face where his nose would be like you had a like you were sniffing you like that, you know? I think we all know what a sniff is. <laughs> so he crinkles his face, even though there's no nose there, and yeah, he makes but a see, sniffing that's the thing. sound. He had a nose. Right. So he's his behavior is still there. He's been trained. It's hard to it's like a Ghost limb. Where you yeah, have these how ghost long has he feelings. been like this? I don't think you ever get used to potentially smelling. No. Nope. Even if your nose is covered up by octopus skin. <laughs> so that's my list for okay. tonight. You had your list. That's good. It's a good list. It's a nice. It's like you put some thought into it, actually. Yeah, I did. It's interesting that you showed up tonight. Whatever. You didn't phone it in. You actually brought a list to the table. I almost I need to have like big applause for that or something. I'll that's make good. it if you want. No. 
<laughs> yeah, you would make it with your <laughs> sound effects. Did you have anything else or? That's it. Okay. Because that's. I think that's pretty much covered it. I think we did. And that's what's sad is that this is a minute that potentially had a frightened will in it. Then you frightened me with a list, but then you came back on both accounts and you made me think maybe he's just cold and then your list was all right. So it's like redemption here. It's amazing you doubted me. Because that would have, (laughs) no, I think that's the other way around. It almost would have like left a bad taste in my mouth if this hadn't been redeemed. Maybe I should have just brought in a special effects discussion since you were doing that with Davy Jones's character. Maybe. Special sound effects. You know, like a, oh, well, maybe a scared Will Turner thing and Heather's doing her sound effects. But there's always more minutes and he can redeem himself if he's not cold. Heather's already redeemed herself, hopefully. So I guess I'll just say for Will, way to let everybody down if you're indeed frightened. He's not frightened. But there's always some grog to wash away our disappointment. So I'm just going to end on that. Have some grog to wash away your disappointment. We'll be back on Friday then, right? Yep. We'll come back on Friday. We'll come back on Friday with minute 62 of Dead Man's Chest. Until then, scallywags, let's keep the horn swoggling to the minimum. To the minimum. What is that? I have no clue. I'm going to check to the minimum on the internets and go from there. (laughs) And while I'm there, maybe I'll check the status as I have backed the barge. Yeah, back the barge. (laughs) I back the barge. Again? Yeah. Easter egg. People will check it out. You've been listening to the Black Pearl Show, and we appreciate it, Scallywags. Heather, I know you're still on pirate time and kicking back with the booze, but you may have noticed... Actually, who am I kidding? The only thing you've noticed lately is the inside of the Faithful Bride Tavern. Anyways, our procrastination has paid off yet again and Season 2 is here and we are willfully unprepared. Maybe we can distract people with a Jack Sparrow wave of the hands and send people across that thing called the internet. Check us out on Facebook.com slash Pirates of the Caribbean Minute, Twitter.com slash Black Pearl Men, Instagram.com slash Black Pearl Show, soundcloud.com slash pirates of the caribbean that's for best of clips and by all means give us a plug and review on itunes we'd appreciate it mateys oh and let's not forget the facebook cursed crew listeners group for post episode discussions that's actually a lot to remember especially if you're in a foggy haze like heather just go to blackpearlshow.com and everything is there at the click of a button perhaps i should have just said that from the beginning This is a Shoutreach Media Production. Pirates don't need no stinking disclaimers, but just for fun. I think all you dirty, filthy bilge know that Disney and Bruckheimer Films have no affiliation with us at all, and we have none with those blooming cockroaches. We talk about Pirates of the Caribbean, which is their property, and all that other fun stuff. But I think it's obvious what's ours and what's theirs. There's no need to blur the lines or stir up a bloody rum-filled sweat. As for the music... That's with permission or licensed under Creative Commons. So let's give a shout out to Ross Bugden, Six Nail Coffin, and Tommy Wynn. The rest? Well, that's just me. Oh, and maybe Heather.